ready to begin. What year is this? The year is 2020, and this is Beyond Sin. Hey there, welcome to the show. This is Beyond Synth, episode 245. That's right, on the show today, I will be chatting with the Alphabet Zero. But before we chat with him, I thought I would uh, catch up with one of my awesome patrons who also runs a, a... Do you refer to it as a site or a blog? I guess you could say it's a, it's a blog on a site. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like some kind of food thing. It's a slop on a slice or whatever. I don't know. I don't slop on it. What would a slop on a slice be? Something cheesy, I think. Like a slop of cheese. Like a slop of cheese on a slice of toast. Slop on a slice. It's weird because when I first said that, my immediate reaction was a slice of meat. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Slice of cheese, slice of meat, meat and cheese. That works. But if it's a slop on a slice. We have to make a choice between... <laughs> anyway, I'm here with... <laughs> Boo! I'm here with Martin Larby! Hi, Andy. How are you? That was a great intro. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> you you are you are this week's slop on a slice. Thank you. Oh, my dreams. My dreams have come true. Maybe that's what I should... Uh, I'll call this segment from now on, Meeting the Patrons, is just... Uh, <laughs> it's time for this week's slop on a slice. It's very... It's, it's, it's got a ring to it. It's got a ring to it. Yeah, it sounds so gross. Anyway, look, uh, so I'm going to be chatting with uh, Martin, a.k.a. Patrick Fakeman, on the socials. That's correct, right? That's correct. And we're going to talk about some stuff. We got nothing planned. It's nice and free for him. And then, like I said, later in the show, I'll be chatting with the Alphabet Zero, and uh, we're going to be listening to awesome music. So how about we get this show started and listen to some right now? This is a cool track from Fear of Tigers. So this track is called Lulia. Like L-U-L-E-A, which is actually a place. So there's a place in Sweden, and Wikipedia says it's pronounced Luleo. Does that sound right to you? Luleo. It's better than slop on a slice. Yeah, a bit. <laughs> so this place is called, according to Wikipedia, Luleo, like that, because the A has a circle above it. But this song title does not have the circle above the A. So now I don't know whether this song is actually called Lulea because it's L-U-L-E-A. Anyways, you don't care, and nobody else does. They just want to hear the awesome music. So this is Fear of Tigers with Lulea...
And that was Lulia by Fear of Tigers. You see, I've said it eight different ways, and hopefully one of those is correct. <laughs> and that is a, a cool song, and um, later in the show we'll be chatting with the Alphabet Zero, but right now I'm having a little catch-up with patron extraordinaire Martin Larby. Hi. So what's been going on with you, man? I'd like to say that I've been traveling around and going to gigs and, you know, seeing friends, but it would be a downright lie and you'd all know it. So I've been working from home, sitting at home, looking out the window, a little bit of time in the garden, growing my hair. That's about it. Do you have an office at home? Yeah, I kind of have appropriated a room to kind of hide in so I can have conversations and, and, and talk during the day. But the view out the window is just other people's houses and they're all looking solemnly out the windows, slightly crying themselves. So, you know. You still work the same job, right? Yeah, I'm still doing prisons and um, yeah, basically sort of London prisons is my thing. Still uh, trying to do the good work, as it were. <laughs> to clarify, just for people who don't know, by doing prisons... You're not committing crimes and getting yourself into prison. What is it? It's like social work, right? Isn't it like you, you talk with people? It's like probation, like parole. So my job is that I look after a bunch of teams that work in the prisons in London and a few other places around. We make sure that everyone's assessed before they come out and they've got somewhere to live. You know, if, if they've got any problems with drugs and stuff, that's sorted out. That they've, If they've got any money troubles, we kind of link them in with people. So we kind of just make sure that everyone's resettlement is where it needs to be. So I, I do that on a bit of a grand scale. That's my responsibility. So with the uh, with the world as it's been right now, it's been quite an interesting, been quite an interesting time to do it. But it's good work. I like doing it. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's nice that you do good things. I guess if anyone wants the more detailed version, they can listen to whatever episode you were on last time because I don't want to retread old ground. But obviously, it's good that you're doing good work. Do you know what, Andy? I think it's 139. I want to say it's episode 139. Okay, everyone go back and listen to episode 139 of Beyond Synth to find out exactly what Martin does. Wait, so but if someone doesn't have a place to go, would you help facilitate something? Yeah, we try to. So the, the idea is, is we start working with people sort of way before they come out so they're not just sort of wandering around on the streets. So yeah, we try and find them somewhere to live. So I, I've got a few different people that sort of help me out with that. It's difficult though because there's like, you know, two and a half thousand people people that were kind of keeping an eye on at one time so it's it's uh it's busy well i mean i have a hard enough time keeping track of like what do i have like a thousand synthwave artists on the <laughs> the site and i don't remember their names or their real identities i forget all the time it's hard to keep up in synthwave though so i i can appreciate that's probably as difficult if not more complicated than my job is at the moment yeah especially since i have to keep finding housing for all these guys <laughs> exactly i know right it's breadline <laughs> yeah and a lot of them have a lot of drug problems <laughs> And so that's part of it, too. Yeah. I think, you know, you, you, you're doing the good work there as well. Let's put it that way. Mm. <laughs> that's. I love that I've had just these conversations with people where people will try and frame what I do positively while at the same time having a job that has actual societal importance. <laughs> and then they'll be like, oh, but, you know, you make people laugh. I'm like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> Yeah, but I, I think for someone to make you laugh and to have a good time at the moment is really important. So I would say that's probably making your job more important now than maybe it's been before. And then when this is all over, it'll be less important. <laughs> and Godspeed for that time. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> just, just takes the pressure off just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, man. Well, look, listen, we're all having a good time, but we got to listen to some tunes, all right? So I got a cool one here from a guy called Jexopolis. It's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Now we've got some activity here. We've got a new $5 donor from <laughs> Captain Big Bucks. Which, of course, is a, uh, a reference to the Lucaset episode from about a month ago. So thank you, Captain Big Bucks, even though I know your secret identity and you are already a patron under another name. But he, uh, he wanted to do that because it made him laugh. So thank you, Captain Big Bucks. And of course, uh, we got a new pledge here from Ethan, and in quotes, Bobson Dugnut... <laughs> fuck's sake. Ethan Bobson Dugnut Hennings, a.k.a. the real Sonny Crockett. All right, so thank you. He's in the 1986 club. Ethan, you're a cool guy. Uh, full disclosure, Ethan sometimes helps me with discovering new music. All right, that's the way that he was uh, helping out the show. See, some people, sometimes they reach out and they're like, if they want to support the show, but they can't necessarily donate money or work on Patreon or whatever, and they go like, how can I help? I mean, can I draw a picture of you naked and stuff? And I'm like, yep. <laughs> sometimes uh, people do things like uh, send me songs to check out and stuff and in my own sneaky way i always pick another song so like if someone sends me like have you ever heard this this awesome track by you know like laser stroke 48 or something and then <laughs> laser i'll stroke 48 <laughs> and then i will uh, i'll listen but then it, usually my favorite track will be a different one than the one they suggested so i still feel like that's me putting my spin on it anyways who cares let's listen to this cool track and thank you by the way for supporting the show let's listen to this cool track by jexopolis this is what am i gonna do
And that was What Am I Gonna Do by Jexopolis from the album Net Worth. And uh, that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. We have a new pledge here in the Triple Six Club. There's Ivan. And I think Ivan sent me a little letter. Maybe I'll read that uh, later on in the show. And Joe Ozone is now a member of the Triple Six Club. Joe Ozone. That's right. So we got some new Triple Six people in the house and uh, thank you all for supporting the show. And I am back here right now with Martin Larby, a.k.a. Patrick Fakeman. So the last time I talked to you, did you have the site up? I think so. I think it's been up about a year now. So I've had, well, I've had two sites. I had like a cheapo one that I put together and then you were kind enough to put me in touch with your guy who did yours. But he was great. I think that was about a year ago now that we put that together. So it's been, um, yeah, so it's been up and running. It's been good. It's been enjoyable. It's been a bit off the back burner for the last month or so just with with other life commitments but it's starting to pick up a bit more pace and i've got a bit of a backlog of stuff to get through which is always a good thing for the record the the web guy is mike rezel mike rezel r-e-z-l go check out his website if you need someone to build you a site because that's something that he does great guy as well really helpful lots of knowledge made it really super easy for someone like me who didn't have a huge amount of time i guess it started off in the sense that i was going to a lot of gigs and was being a bit opinionated and people were just saying you should write something and a couple, a couple of artists were sort of saying you should put something together so I did so it just started off initially as kind of just reviews of albums and then I suppose it got to a little bit more in the UK we were we're, we're lucky in a sense we've got quite a huge live scene here particularly in London so um, it, it sort of started with a bit of that and then I guess I started doing a few more kind of interviews with people as well whether they had an album out whether it was just nice to chat to them so it's become interviews reviews it's basically kind of just my thoughts splattered out on a page and it looks a little bit neon and black and it looks quite cool so I'm enjoying doing it I think it's definitely not been done as much as I say in the last few months but it's always a good way of linking in with people and catching up that's what I find and I mean I know uh, you and I spoke about possibly doing some stuff but then of course this year has been uh, it's been a disaster this year absolutely because in, in my head I had seen some of the articles you were writing and I thought it would be cool to like adapt some of these things into kind of video form where, you know, it'd be like you and me chatting and maybe going over like some of the, cause you had done like you do, you do research, you know, you do things like that, <laughs> that I don't really do. And so I thought it would be cool to sort of highlight people who actually do research as opposed to me where I just like, <laughs> I, I feel bad because whenever I have guests on the show, I literally hit record and just, <laughs> and prompt them as I'm hitting record that, okay, I don't have any questions and I don't have a plan. And then I go, boop, let's go. And uh, so it's nice that there's people out there who actually um, think about what they do before they put it on the internet. I guess though because I suppose because of the stuff I've been doing is written, people can just read it and then read it and then read it again. And so if you get something wrong, and there, there are always people out there who are the first ones to jump on it. I, I, I can remember one of the first articles I did, I got the name of the saxophonist from The Midnight wrong and Tim from The Midnight tweeted me and said great article but the saxophonist's name's wrong. I was like, oh shit. So I had to go back and change all that. So that was a bit of a lesson learned about what to you know, kind of get that stuff right. And I guess yours is slightly different in the sense is, you know, you, you've got enough personality, I'd say, to wing it. <laughs> listen, let's uh, listen to some music. Look, I want to I wanna listen to this track by A Star Apart, who also happens to be an awesome patron. 
and uh, Cool Guy. And uh, we're going to listen to that. But this track is brought to you by my uh, by my awesome Patreon supporters, the Kings of the Pattersons. Of course, there's Robert D. Bishop, Chris Dance, and Mike Shima. You guys are pretty cool guys. And I hope you are all uh, doing well. And uh, now we're going to check out this tune by A Star Apart from his album Kronos. This is Planetfall.
And that was Planetfall by A Star Apart from the album Kronos. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There's the awesome Jose Arbello in the 66.6 Club. I have a lot of very devilish supporters. And Jose Arbello is definitely uh, one of them. Nah, he's just a cool guy. And then, of course, there's Jacob Wick with the 4488. Jacob Wick, you are a cool guy. All right? Are these people cool, Martin? Or what? They are. Was Jose in Toronto? Yes. At Outland? Mm-hmm. I met him. I'm sure I met him, yeah. Yeah, no, he was there. That's the thing I felt bad. I, I definitely this year... This year. Well, this year, nothing's going to happen. But I mean, uh, definitely next time there is any sort of situation like that. I've said this on the show many times, but uh, I'm going to try as hard as I can to do any artist interviews not on the day that the thing is happening Mm -hmm. so that I can do a lot better job of mingling and socializing with people because... um, I mean, I did see Jose, and he's always been, like, a really great supporter of Beyond Synth. And uh, I feel bad, because I think we only talked for, like, a minute or two or something. Well, yeah, on on the day, you didn't give me any time. I feel what Jose's feeling. (laughs) (laughs) But we had dinner the night before, right? So We did, we did, we did, of course. I wasn't, yeah, absolutely. It was a good night. Good night. To be honest, I think I'm surprised. That's nearly a year. That was nearly a year ago, Andy. That's um, Mm -hmm. it's flown around in a world of craziness. But in a way. We can still experience it in the five pending videos I still haven't edited from that evening. There's always a plus side to procrastination, isn't there? (laughs) (laughs) So, what are some of the the articles you've posted on your site that you're like the the proudest of? That one where you got the saxophonist wrong? Is that one of them? Yeah, that's up there. I've always thought about it in terms of the ones that were the most fun. I guess when um, Ollie Ride and Sunglasses Kid were going to do Strange Love and that was about to come out, I uh, met up with them both and we basically went well we'd spent a whole evening and day out just kind of talking and, and eating dinner and having some drinks but we did a bit of an interview for well, a good few hours I suppose and did that and then I put that into an article which was really good fun to make so I suppose it was difficult to pull it all together and get it right because I ultimately I'd recorded it and then was just listening back to three hours worth of footage and trying to find the best stuff which I'm sure you're probably used to having to do so that's probably up there but the, the, the main reason being I suppose is because it was a good conversation about how those guys both make their music but also you know they're both very funny and engaging people too and it was a nice sort of weekend away with, with them all so that's probably up there but there, there's a couple of good ones coming up which I'm hoping will be quite interesting I managed to get hold of you know Brad Fiedel the guy who did um, the Terminator yeah, soundtracks yeah, yeah, yeah. the Terminator scores so I've managed to get an interview with him that's cool we'll see how that goes but I, was, I just threw that out there on the off chance that he might fancy it and then came back to me and said yes so if we can pull that one off that might be a new top spot oh well, that's awesome man I don't really read reach out too much for things like that. Like, I know some people go like, it would be cool if you had these people on the show or whatever. And I think one day I entertained the idea, but I don't like messaging people's managers and stuff, like specifically of Brad Feidel, because I was, I was looking at his website and I was like, what's he doing lately? And I saw there's like this YouTube video <laughs> where he was doing like some musical or something, but it was like this yeah. beatnik musical or something. Yeah, so he is doing a musical, which was partly why I reached out, because I thought, look, he wants to promote something, so he's probably more inclined to do it. And in some interviews that I'd seen him doing, he was talking a little bit about that, and then three quarters of it was all about Terminator so I yeah. thought I'm going to throw it out there so but you're right you know I guess you have to pick your moments with the right people but you're he's not done a huge amount since probably about 92 or something but you know still he's an interesting guy to talk to yeah he definitely seems interesting I mean like when I was looking at the footage of the uh, the musical I'm like oh this guy is 
not what I thought. <laughs> you know, like just it's, it's funny when you see what people do, like when they're given creative reign to do something. I just have this thing, and th- this is probably something that's always going to like hold me back. Is I just don't like dealing with people's representation, right? So like anytime I email someone or I message someone, and it's like, oh yeah, I yeah, just to uh, talk to my manager. I'm like, nah. No, I won't. (laughs) I would do it if it was like a huge act where I just totally understand why they have representation. But when it's like an up and coming act or something and they make me talk to representation, it's like, no, like I'll deal with you personally or or we won't do it. If they've released one EP and they've suddenly got themselves a rep to talk to, it it kind of puts you off wondering, well, if they've got anything to talk about in the first place, really, doesn't it? Because the nature of this show is just so freeform and conversational anyways that like I just don't like this added layer of just this other person who has to I have to talk to like the, honestly the only time I've ever really done that was Dan Forden who did the Mortal Kombat music mm-hmm. but then I still reached out to him personally and he's still on my Twitter like whenever I would DM him he would answer me back so I don't know what he's up to really but like <laughs> I still dealt with him personally though it was just the rep needed to hear the edit but I mean like when it came time to like schedule a time to record and you know send him the links and all that stuff I did that to him personally I wasn't like sending that through an intermediary even Tangerine Dream uh, Ulrich like I just messaged him on SoundCloud and like we just talked like that we weren't talking through managers or anything I just literally emailed brad at com or whatever it was at the time and then this person did get back I didn't expect anyone to get back to me but they did and then it was this this rep who's dealing with it but so far she's been okay I'm, I'm not sure what to expect he may not even bother but she did say he's in and he'll get back to you so we'll have to wait and see how that turns out but again i suppose it's going to be written so it makes that kind of communication and that kind of layer of stuff a little bit easier to deal with yeah 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 um than anything else but we'll see how it goes i think it's on the back burner it's always good to have a few things kind of on ongoing with it to keep myself interested otherwise i'll find that if i'm just waiting for one article at a time i'll end up getting bored and not writing anything that's kind of how I end up doing it. No, I get it, man. I tell you what I like doing, though, is... Playing uh, music? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's do it. I got another track here. It's by a cool guy called John Dunder, who has uh, made lots of cool music. It's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There's City Hunter with the 42, and in the 2666 Club, Lucas Ceballos and Hugh Hefner. We met her last week, so that's fun. And uh, you're going to dig this. This is John Dunder with Up There.
And that was Up There by John Dunder. Don't forget, you can check out all the artists I feature on the show by clicking on the More Info button. If you listen to this show on SoundCloud, just click on the More Info button. You'll see links to all the artists I play on the show. If you follow me on Twitter or on Facebook, I will tag the artists in the actual post. And I suggest you always go out and check out the the, the people I feature because they're cool Cool people making cool music. And that was uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. There's Clint Dowling, Jimmy the Hutt, Alex Ellickson, and a star apart. We just heard his music earlier. Look at this. It's all... It's all coming full circle. I've been chatting here with uh, with with Martin Larby, aka Patrick Fakeman. Andy, I was going to say I sent you a Fakeman T-shirt a little while ago, and then the Canadian customs came back to me and said it was stuck with them and they weren't going to be able to deliver it or something. That's a shame. Yeah, I know. It like was really expensive to send it. <laughs> I don't understand it. So they just they're, they're not sending it back. Well, I said, "Are you going to send it back?" And they said, "We found your parcel. Um, it's undeliverable." What does that mean? Well, I don't know. So, anyway, there is a t-shirt somewhere in an airport hangar, probably in Toronto or somewhere else, with your name on it and a, probably a nice, fitting, comfy, cozy tea in there, but neither one of us has been able to have it, unfortunately. Undeliverable? Yeah, I don't know what that meant. I even paid the customs charge on it. I thought I'd save you the pennies. Undeliverable? I don't even know what that means. So, like, they found it and it's just, like, mush on the floor, like... Well, I assume your address was correct when, when, when you gave me your address, so that part must have been okay. So, I don't I, I don't really know. I did ask, and I didn't, re- I, I didn't get a response, and I thought, well, you know, there's battles to pick, really. <laughs> yeah, that's a shame. Well, how about this? I'll take one of my blank t-shirts, and I'll just write Martin on it. Yeah, do that. Make sure you put, with the lobby, like... Four or five R's. That's right. Larby. So when you when you did the recording with Sunglasses Kid and Ollie, were you transcribing the entire thing or were you like listening for sections? Did you write down what they said word for word? No, not word for word. So it, it was recorded and a few notes taken along the way. And then I listened back and started picking out parts of the conversation, which obviously would make sense. I wasn't trying to edit it in a way. So they said something that they didn't say. I actually sent it to Ed a couple of times and he... And he read it back and said, dude, I would never say that. And I checked and actually it wasn't him that said it. It was Ollie that said it. So there was some sort of um, tweaking that had to be done. Because in the end, I think it was probably about a three hour, I want to say like a three hour conversation, just about all sorts of stuff. So it did take a long time to get through and then listen and, and then pick out the bits I wanted to pick. But ultimately it, it created a you know, really interesting article. You know, it wasn't just necessarily about you know those two as, as individuals and artists, but also how they went about writing the track, how they kind of, how it had been taken from a small little sample that Ed had thrown together so it took a while to kind of write it up but I think it was worth the time and the energy and and, and the guys were kind enough to you know give me their um basically their full afternoon and evening on it so it was um it was a good laugh we had some drinks as well so it was good fun yeah transcribing takes so long I mean these Outland videos I've been putting out since I'm so um self-conscious of the sound so I wanted to have like subtitles for all of them and mm. like that takes it's seriously like a seven minute video like when I'm like transcribing it it that adds like an extra like a few hours of, <laughs> of work to every video just to have subtitles where like the sound is still good enough to hear what everybody is saying but for some reason now since I've already done the first like six with subtitles like I, I'm not going to stop now there's enough AI around to kind of listen to something and then transcribe automatically I guess and then just check to see whether it's spelt right or well see I have a I have a friend who uh, has a, a videography company and uh, they just outsource it. Mm -hmm. Because I guess there's companies that you can just pay and then they'll do it for you. And uh, it's too late now. I feel like... 
when he told me how cheap they were, I'm like, I might have done that from the beginning had I known, <laughs> but uh, it's too late now. You just had to find some kind of intern that can just follow you around, and not only can they do your groceries, but they can you know write up your videos and pick up your kids from school, things yeah. like that, maybe. The whole concept of interning, I've never been comfortable with. My whole life, people have always suggested that as a thing, like, we'll get someone like help you out for... I'm just like, no. Like, unless there is enough money coming in where I can pay somebody as a job, even if it is like a part-time job, but interning is one I will always find weird. Just the idea of just like, come work for me for free. And I was like, why? Like, experience. Experience what? <laughs> Working on some fucking podcast that has like seven listeners? Like, what's the experience exactly? Hey, you have at least 12. Don't undersell yeah, yourself. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> anyway, look. I want to listen to another track, and then maybe we'll say goodbye. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what do I got next to play? Well, it's a track from uh, from an artist called Retro Play, and uh, it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the twenty five dollar club. There's Restless Nights. Hey, we met him last week too. And then the Honeybeard, Tim Carlton, Johnny Five, Kempson, and Martin Larby. That's you. Wow, that's me. That's the first time that's ever happened. Wow. Have, have, have you read someone else's name out before when they've been on the line? I, I might have done last week. Ah, damn it. Oh, well. <laughs> the point is, we're all having a good time here, and we're going to listen to this track by Retroplay called Voices.
And that was Voices by Retroplay. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club, Gregorio Franco, Blake Peterson, and Ken Giroux. You guys are pretty cool guys. And of course, Ashley Keegan with the 2049. And uh, I've been chatting with uh, Martin Larby, who also runs Patrick Fakeman. So tell people the website so they can go check it out. Absolutely. So it's pfsynth.com, which obviously rolls off the tongue. So that's the where the Fakeman blog is based. Yeah, go check it out. We put stuff up there kind of every, at the moment, every three weeks or so. There'll be a few more. But yeah, go and have a read of it. It's always, um, there's some fun and interesting stuff on there if you like your synth wave and you like your movies. There's some good things on there. Yeah, man. And then what else? Uh, is there anything else you got planned? You, you heading back to work? Well, work's been ongoing. I've been lucky enough that work's continued through the whole thing. Other than that, it's just, it's just plodding on by. If anything, I might try and take some time off and, and have some Martin time back. It's been a while. What, what, what does Martin do during Martin time? Sleep. <laughs> and listen to cool music. Yay, man. That's what it's all about, man. That's what it is all about. I keep saying that. Mm-hmm. I keep saying that. And 14 people listen. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, look, it's always nice to uh, catch up with you, and uh, thank you, all, obviously, for your continued support and for being a cool guy. And I apologize that Canadian Customs clearly destroyed your parcel and don't want to own up to it. Well, you know, these things happen, but no, thanks for having me on, Andy. It's always nice to catch up with you. It's, uh, as I've always said when the few times I've been on, it's a great show. Keep doing it. It's bringing people a lot of happiness, I'm sure. And um, thank you very much. And that was my conversation with Martin Larby. Martin Larby's a cool guy. And don't forget to check out PF Synth, which is pfsynth.com. Literally PF and then the word synth, which is, uh, it, what is, what does the homepage say? Let me just read this. Welcome to the PF Synth Project, home of the Patrick Fakeman Synth blog. And there's a, an article here about the return of Robert Parker. That's the latest one. Oh, yeah, he had a new album. Fuck, man, I got it. <laughs> I'm so behind on everything. Uh, look, let's listen to another track. And uh, and actually, you know, I dug the sound of this one. This one's cool. It sort of has like an old school feel, like a song from the 50s or something, but it has like synth things in it. It's a uh, level 86 featuring the Mercury Sisters, and they have uh, uh, an EP. I think there's like five or six songs on there in this uh, collaboration. And uh, it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There's uh, Andy's Laugh with the 20. And of course, we mentioned a uh, new donor here, Ethan Bobson Dugnut Hennings, a.k.a. The Real Sonny Crockett, uh, in the 1986 Club. Uh, technically, he was a patron before, but now he's a new patron. Does this, does this count as an upgrade, then? Should I have said he upgrades his support? Ethan Bobson Dugnut Dugnut blah 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 has upgraded his support. <laughs> All right, thanks, Ethan. You're a cool guy. And, of course, uh... Rachel Buchelman with a 1985 and Murat with a 1984. So now let's listen to this track. This is Level 86 featuring the Mercury Sisters. Or I think it's just Mercury Sisters. I don't think it's the Mercury Sisters. Level 86 featuring Mercury Sisters. This is In My Fantasy.
And that was In My Fantasy by Level 86 featuring Mercury Sisters. And that's a nice one. It's got sort of like this kind of old school feel. I don't know. I dig it. It's good stuff. And it was uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. In the $15 Club, there's Prophet of Jupiter, Six Mill, Gus Velichek, Hampus ML, and Chatterack. And um, we'll go chat with the Alphabet Zero probably after another song. I wanted to read this message because I got a message here from one of my, my new patrons, Ivan. He says, Hey there, Andy, and greetings from the cold and snowy Russia. JK. That stands for just kidding. We've got some summer heat too, and your show is just perfect for mellowing in the sun, especially since we're all working from home. Plus, some synths makes for a great couch lock ever. Couch lock. Is that a phrase? When you're stuck at home on your couch, you're in couch lock? I got into your show around 2016-2017 when you invited Scandroid, but then I totally dropped podcasts. Now I somehow reignited my interest and having tons of fun listening to your older shows. Keep up the good work, stay safe, and hail to the synths. Oh, did I mention Satan? All right, well, thanks, uh, Ivan. Thank you, obviously, for supporting the show. And uh, and thanks for your letter. You know, you can write letters to me. I'll read them. I mean, as long as they're good. If you send me fucking weird letters, like, then I, I won't. But uh, but then you're going to say, well, what, what is a weird letter, Andy? I don't know, man. Oh, I'll say this. i tell you what I discovered at 38 years of age. I have discovered the amazing power of the sleep mask. That's right. I don't know if you people use sleep masks. I always used to see it on TV. You know when, like, it'd show a couple in bed and, like, the wife would have, like, a sleep mask on? And I was always like, what the fuck is the point of those things? Well, someone gave my wife a gift of tea that came with, like, I don't know, a bunch of herbal teas. And then there was, like, a sleep mask and some other shit. And she was using it. And then one day she's like, oh, you want to try the sleep mask? I'm like, yeah, what the hell? I slept amazing. Like, I actually slept better. And I used that sleep mask three nights in a row. And it was great. And so now, I am singing the praises of the sleep mask. So if you guys haven't tried sleep masks, man, give it a shot. Wow, what a dumb thing to talk about. Anyways, sleep masks, everybody. Go get them. So how about this? Let's listen to uh, one more track, and then we will chat with the Alphabet Zero. So this is a cool one from Lavenue. I think this just came out the other day. It is uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters, uh, Pattern Shift, Mads Baron Christensen, and we will never forget the immortal Chris Celia Lane. And uh, you're going to dig this song. This one's cool. It's called California. It's spelled phonetically. It is spelled K-A-L-E-E-F-O-R-N-Y-A. And uh, and it's a cool track, man. So this is Lavenue with California.
And that was California by Lavin You. That's a cool song. And uh, don't forget, if you want to uh, support Beyond Synth, like all the awesome people whose names I read earlier in the show, you can go to patreon.com slash beyondsynth. Or you can go to beyondsynth.com and uh, click on the donate button. There's also a PayPal option there, which actually functions similarly to PayPal. So some people uh, donate to the show using PayPal as well. They can actually set up a subscription thing there too. And uh, I will also read your names because obviously I'm incredibly appreciative of all the people who support Beyond Synth and keep the lights on and keep the show going. And now let's go chat with the Alphabet Zero. Well, I am here right now with the Alphabet Zero. How's it going, man? Oh, pretty good. Just living that that quarantine life. Yeah, man. It's a nice uh, global uh, situation right now. So you are Andy Walker, is that correct? That is correct. Well, it's always nice to meet another Andy. You know, I feel like there's not enough of us. I've had this discussion before with people like... Andy is sort of, it's like a slightly goofy name. Like, I've known people who have purposefully gone by Andrew because it's like, it's more serious to be called Andrew. And I, I feel well, like. It feels like a kid's name because it's like, isn't from Toy Story of Andy. Yeah. And then you have like Andy from Parks and Rec. So it's like this kid kind of thing. But, you know. I hate going by Andrew, so... Yeah, it, there's a silliness to Andy, I think. I mean, I th- I'm happy with being an Andy. I think I'm a goofy enough yeah. uh, silly person. But uh, anyway, man, it's all good. So look, now, first of all, explain to me this. Because there are some people who are featured regularly in Alphabet Zero projects, and I don't know if there's like an actual band. How does that work? It's pretty much just me doing all the production. And then when I played a sh- my second live show, gosh, it was two years ago now, I wanted to just kind of go crazy with it. And so my buddy Brad played drums for that show. And then, of course, Kelly's been a vocal collaborator for a while. But Brad has like a killer voice. So on this last project, I was like, let's just have you sing on it, too. And so it's kind of like Brad and Kelly are pretty much my go to vocal collaborators. So I've just sort of like featured them. But so they're in the the artwork and the pictures and stuff. Just if I if I need a guy, I'll use Brad. If I need a girl, I use Kelly. They're just awesome singers and just cool people so they're kind of like my main collaborators and everything yeah that's what i was wondering because i've been looking you know over your catalog and i'd say like you sort of have a few different kind of styles because you also have these albums that are like emotionally atmospheric like cinematic music yeah yeah it's a weird thing i'm really bad at focusing on a thing because it's this has always been like my side fun thing so i'm just like it's more like let's just do what i enjoy doing and so i try to keep it somewhat in a consistent genre like i finally started a side project for my ambient stuff because it was like strings and pretty stuff and i'm like i can't put that under (laughs) under this so i started a side project called fire in the fog for all that stuff because i was like i can't put a bunch of like melancholy pretty strings under like normally my weird other stuff so now everything goes back and forth between poppy almost like synthwave stuff and then really like soundtrack inspired stuff and there's been like no in between it's like either i'm writing the soundtrack stuff or i'm writing the poppy stuff 
which is kind of fun because it's like you get one or the other. The stuff that I heard is really good stuff. Like it's nice, uh, sort of emotional kind of music. I mean, today we'll be focusing on more of the kind of the synth pop stuff, but people should also go check out oh, yeah. those other things away. I know there's like, uh, was it that you did in 2014? Like We Are Awake, We Are Alive. Like that one's got some uh, some nice tracks on there and April. Yeah, that was my original, like way back when I first started just messing around with this kind of stuff because I used to do like rock music and stuff. <laughs> um, I was a singer in a, in a rock band, which was just the worst. What was the name of the band? Uh, Stop Motion Radio. The album's still on Spotify and the song We'll Find a Way off the, the new EP. I really literally re-recorded it with Kelly singing it because I was listening to the album with my daughter because she's like, can I listen to you sing? I'm like, I guess. <laughs> so I was playing it for her in the car and I was listening to it. I'm like, this would be a pretty legit song for Alphabet Zero. So I just literally sent it to Kelly. I was like, hey, how, what do you think about this? And she loved it. And so we redid it and we got to actually like kind of tweak with some ideas on it and change some stuff, which was kind of fun. But yeah, it, the, that early stuff was like super ambient, just kind of like messing around. And then um, I became really good friends with uh, Make Him Vanity Set. Um, he lives really close to me. And so we became good friends and he kind of introduced me more to the synthwave stuff. And that was kind of where I started getting more into that. And so we collaborated on the song Contact off my first full length. And that was kind of like the first like foray into the new style. And so that's kind of where I've gone all in on um, since then. So how did you get in contact with uh, Matt in the first place? When we first moved to the the town I live in, uh, someone I met invited me over to watch a football game and Matt was there. <laughs> and <laughs> so we started talking and realized that we both went to the same college just at different times. He graduated right as I was getting there at Middle Tennessee State University. And so we were talking about like pro demand, like all the bands that had come out of there. And so we just connected and stayed friends and then started collaborating. So you guys are like in proximity of each other? We literally live like three streets over from each other. Our, our daughters ride the same school bus. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's cool. Yeah. Like we're like, when I say proximity, like I could walk to his house. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. So it's been fun collaborating with him since he lived so close. For I always find it funny when I think that there's people I went to school with, uh, college with and stuff who also live just a few blocks away from me. And uh, we see each other like once uh, every like four or five months or something. And like literally like at any point I could just walk over and say hi. But Oh yeah. When you're like old and have kids oh, and all this other shit, I just end up staying inside all the time. <laughs> I know, right? Especially once you once I started working at home, it was like I never saw anybody. Because it used to be like I'd go on a lunch break at work and meet up with somebody from college, and now it's like I'm just at home, so none of that happens anymore. Yeah, but you get to... Um, I'm trying to think of the perks here. I, I get really distracted because I work from home too, and like I just... <laughs> I find a lot of the day is just me being distracted and it's really hard to sort of stay focused it was bad the transition because i used to be a project manager at this company i would literally like be on conference calls and my contribution to the conference call would be five minutes out of the two-hour conference call right it would just be literally just like reddit reddit all day and then just the reddit addiction just got really bad because I, I had nothing else to do while, I was, while on the conference calls and then i got home and i was working at home and it was like oh crap i have to actually like if i'm not working i'm not getting paid and so that was a weird adjustment yeah <laughs> but it allowed me to write a lot more music, which was nice. Well, look, let's listen to some, man. This is a track uh, that I dug. This is from We Used to Feel Alone from 2017. This is a track called Friends Don't Lie uh, by the Alphabet Zero featuring Kelly. How do you say your last name? Is that Besh? Kelly Besh. Yeah, Besh. All right. Yeah, so it, I was right. That's nice. <laughs> Oftentimes when I try and guess how to pronounce people's names, I'm fucking way off. Anyways, this is the Alphabet Zero with Friends Don't Lie featuring Kelly Besh. 
And that was Friends Don't Lie by the Alphabet Zero featuring Kelly Bash. And I'm here right now with the Alphabet Zero, Mr. Andy Walker. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> I like giving people these nice grand uh, introductions that's always followed with a hi. <laughs> Just after the whole thing. So how did you get into music then? Like originally in like high school, I started messing around with just like random techno stuff. If you remember the software like Acid, like all those Acid loops and stuff, they don't even, I don't even think they make it anymore. But just messing around with that and then Reason and all that stuff. So just doing like random bad techno music in high school and then went off to college to do music production and just played in rock bands and all that, all that jazz, but always played since, which is fun. We had a really bad like emo band called Gunther Wheeler that lasted about three months that I played synthesizers in and it was like this really weird fallout boy with synthesizers it wasn't that good <laughs> but I played synth in that which was fun I had this really crappy analog synth I came uh, this like Korg Electribe thing that I played but yeah and so kept doing that and then started working for a producer in Nashville and so just been in the production world for a long time doing mixing and all that stuff but then finally actually write my own music instead of producing a bunch of other people's music and so after i was done with the rock thing just got into the electronic thing wait so when you were doing like mixing and stuff like was that a job like is your job now music related or yeah my, my job now is me so right out of college i did music stuff but i also graduated college in 2008 when everything was crashing mm. and so no one was spending money on music and so i i was a freelance producer for like a year and a half and then after me and my wife got married, we're like, okay, we want to have kids. Let's get a real adult job. And so I was a project manager for, I worked at a help desk and then moved up to being a project manager for like six years. But while doing that, I kept doing music and kept producing and mixing and eventually got to the point where I was able to transition back to doing music full time again. So I just do production and mixing and write stuff for podcasts and a bunch of different stuff. So what's your setup like? Do you have a nice setup? Yeah, it's been a, it's been a work in progress. Like I went kind of crazy right before I quit my job and bought a bunch of stuff. So I'm just uh, running like an Apollo with Burl converters. And then I have DX7 and a Moog Sub 37 and then the uh, Dave Smith OB6 for like outboard stuff. And that's kind of like my main, whenever I write stuff for Alphabet Zero, I try to almost force myself into like the analog constraints because it just drives the creativity a bit more. Like I have so many like software synthesizers that I use for like pop production and other stuff. When I write stuff for the Alphabet Zero, I kind of force myself to use only synths that like either are real outboard synths or are simulating a real outboard synth, like something like Repro 5 or the Tal Juno synth, just to kind of force myself into the like, okay, this is how they would do it in like the 80s with real synths. They wouldn't use a bunch of like, I love Omnisphere, that kind of stuff, but don't really try to use it for Alphabet Zero much because it kind of forces the constraints. Well, people seem to dig those fucking Dave Smith ones. I always find it funny just because that guy's got such a plain name. Dude, he is the coolest dude. I was lucky enough to meet him when I was in, I went out to San Francisco to hang out with a buddy and we went by the office and he was there and he is the coolest dude. His office is just full of super old synths from the 70s and he's just a really cool dude. I know nothing about Dave Smith. Obviously the Prophet was the big, his big claim to fame initially. The Prophet 5 is the classic. But Prophet 5, what what brand, like that wasn't Dave Smith's Prophet 5, right? Like wasn't it a no, different? No, it was Sequential was the brand at the, the time. So like Sequential Circuits, I think is what it was called. Um, but Sequential was like his brand for years. And so the Prophet 5 was like the big thing. And then eventually like the, all the different versions of the Prophet. And then after that, he did a bunch of different things and then kind of came back and relaunched Dave Smith Instruments, which now I think is switched back to just Sequential. I don't think it's Dave Smith anymore. I think it's 
goes back to just calling it sequential. I just like whenever they were called Dave Smith. I just like the idea of this, you know, all the other keyboards are all this like brand names or whatever, and then just fucking Dave Smith. <laughs> like, Dave. It's like Dave's synths. Yeah. The logo should have just been, it should have looked like a piece of tape with like Dave Smith written on it with like marker. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Thankfully, he has like a cool like signature. It looks like what his logo, but I just imagine like someone typing on like Comic Sans, just like Dave. Yeah. Dave Synths. <laughs> I don't get it. So why were you guys in the in the the office of Dave Smith, just looking around? Or you do you have like connections? Yeah, I, I met I met their uh, one of their guys at Nam, and so we kept in touch. And I mentioned I was in San Francisco, and he was like, "Oh, come by the office." And so they have a whole like showroom of all their synthesizers, including a lot of their ones they're not making anymore. So pretty much spent like three hours in a room just playing with synths for which was awesome and then they wouldn't show me anything that they were working on unfortunately which makes sense they, you know, they can't really give it away but yeah it was fun to play with like a bunch of their old um, the I think it was the Poly 6 which is a great little synth I love the <laughs> I love the idea of like the secret laboratory where they're working on keyboards. You know, like you're in the Dave Smith building and there's just some room that's like got this door that opens sideways and dudes with like lab coats and masks on and stuff come out and like, no, you can't see that room. Well, yeah, it was, it's this big like open floor plan uh, room. And I was like, is there anything here you're working on? It's like, yeah. I was like, can I see? He's like, no. I was like, that makes sense. But I could have seen it. I mean, it was just this big open room. But I mean, when it's all just circuit boards, it's hard to really, I mean, I could have seen it and been like, oh, well, that's the new synth they're working on and had no clue because it's just circuit boards. And Dave Smith just sneaks up behind you with a fucking syringe and then just fucking knocks you out. (laughs) It's like, you've seen the, you've seen it. (laughs) You've seen too much. What? (laughs) Fucking. And then as he like whispers you to sleep, he just says like, Dave Smith. As he like, puts the needle in. <laughs> well, I felt like an idiot because like I was in his office. There's all these like super vintage synths. And then there's like the Moog Model D. And I'm like, oh, is that one of the new reissues? He's like, oh, no, I got this in the 70s. I'm like, well, of course he did. Like, why Why would you have all these super old synths and then like the reissue of the old synth in here? Like that would make no sense. Yeah. So I felt like an idiot. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'd feel self-conscious. Like I, I enjoy messing around with synths like when I go to like the music store and stuff. But I'd feel I think I'd feel weird doing it like at the actual synth place but i can't tell if it's one of those situations where no one else does it yeah because it's just like oh well i'm I'm not gonna fool fool around with keyboards here and so no one fools around with the keyboards or i don't know it's really hard to not fool around with a keyboard though when they're plugged in oh yeah well and i'm i made i don't know if you've seen the moog one i was in Asheville earlier this year and i went by the moog factory and they had the moog one and i made the mistake of playing it because now every other synth sounds bad by comparison (laughs) it's the most intense insane synth and i just want to get it but i can't justify spending eight thousand dollars on something yeah just because it's it's eight thousand dollars and i don't have eight thousand dollars did you say nashville or Asheville? moog is in Asheville. i live in nashville what is Asheville? I've never heard of Asheville before. Someone's going to get mad at me, but it's in one of the Carolinas. I don't cannot remember if it's North or South Carolina, but it's it's one of them. But it's great. They have awesome beer and then the Moog Factory. <laughs> Where they blend up the old keyboards into beer. That's right. Well, look, listen, I want to listen to more music. So there is this album that was the original motion picture soundtrack for something called Foyer in 2019. Now, it says you did this with makeup and vanity set. Yeah, he came over to my studio and we just uh, 
wrote everything together. One of the guys from Lamatos was one of the uh, either the can. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm apologizing in advance to everyone involved. Oh, it'll be JP then. JP is a cinematographer. It was JP. Yeah, he yeah yeah he was a cinematographer on the film, and so he reached out to Matt, and Matt brought me into the project, and so we wrote the music together on it. And it was it's really cool. It's this like Airbnb horror film, which is a very weird genre but they they did a great job with it and so it's it's a french canadian so i can't remember what's the province is it quebec yeah quebec yeah yeah they're from quebec the film's in french which is cool because the first cut didn't have any subtitles so we're like i have no idea what's going on they finally sent us a cut with subtitles so we're able to see what was happening but yeah it's not streaming online yet it's still playing at a bunch of different festivals but it was a fun film to work on yeah because i didn't know which song to play because i didn't know if it was one of those situations where it's like you and matt were taking turns with different tracks so do you have a particular favorite from the album that you just want to play now my i mean probably the the most favorite synth wavy one was the one that plays over the end credits which i can't pronounce the name of it because it's in french <laughs> but yeah it's the first song on the uh the ep uh was the one from the end credits it was a really fun process because matt was pretty much just working there in ableton and just going to town and doing what he does and i was just sampling tons of stuff and giving it to him to drop into ableton so this real it was a fun collaborative process um of just like throwing everything into ableton and seeing what sticks it was fun yeah man well look let's uh let's listen to it but first just so we don't mess up the pronunciation or the pronunciation i should say i thought we would ask a jp from lumatos who we've just been talking about here to help with the pronunciation so uh jp are you there hey man yeah so you've just been sitting there listening to this whole conversation like always that's what people don't realize is that every episode of beyond synth you're just sort of secretly like perched over my shoulder just listening just making sure if you speak french yeah <laughs> so that's what you're here for right so um the movie that uh, that we're talking about which you were the uh the the dp for correct yeah exactly i shot it you proud of your work yeah yeah i actually won uh, an award for it for cinematography really in detroit yeah it's a small festival but a cool one in detroit so it was pretty cool to know uh, that i won uh, cinematography for that movie because i really like that small uh, short film oh cool well hey congratulations man thanks man all right (laughs) (laughs) all right anyways we're gonna play the first song off this album which was uh a collaboration by the the Alphabet Zero Makeup and Vanity set, and uh, I don't want to screw up the word. So, can you say this for me? So that track is called Satisfait. Satisfait, like that. Exactly. That's perfect. You don't need me. You're, <laughs> you're good. <laughs> All right, man. Well, let's listen to this track because it's cool. This is uh, Satisfait. You're great, man. You have a good accent.
and that was Satsfe by the Alphabet Zero and Makeup and Vanity Set. Yeah, man. So that was JP. That's the voice of JP, right? Say say hello to everybody. Hello. The bottom line is, it's always nice to to catch up with you. This is hilarious because you and I, I'm just inserting this audio of you into the show so you could pronounce the name of the <laughs> of their song properly. And we literally just talked for like an hour before we hit record on this little insert, which could have been its own podcast because we we're literally just talking about movies for like an hour. Yeah, we should do that often. It's just fun. Well, I'll make a note of it. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll do that in a few weeks. Yeah, we should just record every time we speak. I feel like there's always something there. Well, someone's probably recording it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> maybe I can requisition the government to give me the audio. Yeah, Google has it at some place, for yeah. sure. <laughs> Anyways, man, listen. Uh, thank you for your help in uh, pronouncing the song. It's always good to have cor- correct uh, French... F- fuck me, I can't even say English words now. Correct French-Canadian yes. accent? Yes. That's what you're looking for? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyways, listen. You have a lovely day. Uh, keep on making cool music yourself. Yeah, man. Merci, à la prochaine. All right, dude, and uh, yeah, now I'm back here with uh, with Andy from the Alphabet Zero. Uh, so that was a fun little uh, cameo there by JP. But anyways, how did you come up with the song titles in the first place? For all the song titles, we took different like elements from the the film and then translated to French because that means satisfied. And so, like at the end, it's like, were you satisfied with your stay? Because like an Airbnb thing, and the person hits yes, and so that was kind of like the the end of the movie, and so. That's how we what we named the end credit song, right? But we had to run it by them because I didn't want to just do Google Translate and then have a bunch of weird things. It's like, hey guys, just confirming this is what this means. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to like really press into the French because it was cool. I do think though, there's there's an opportunity. I want to um, write like a silly album and run the lyrics through Google Translate. So like, write some lyrics, translate them to a different language. And then translate them back to English because then you get all these wacky like sentences and stuff. Someone did that with All Star by Smash Mouth. <laughs> You'll have to Google it afterward. It is ridiculous. I can't remember what language they did it with, but it's absolutely hilarious. Although the problem is the technology keeps on getting better. And while that's a good thing, it makes the funny stuff less funny. It's like oh, yeah. the same with uh, synthesized speech. It's like the old synthesized speech stuff is so much funnier because the voices would fuck up words. Oh, yeah. And they, you know, they would say things funny. And now it just sounds like kind of just a weird person and it's not as fun anymore. Well, and now they're doing like, there's this, it's creepy. There's this Adobe thing where they said if you have like 15 minutes of somebody talking, they can make that person say anything they want. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it's like, cool. Like, great. This is like, you combine that with deep fakes and we're all screwed. Yeah. Like, <laughs> At least with the deep fakes now, the faces still sort of float around. Although, Christ, I just saw a great one. The Back to the Future one? No, The Silence of the Lambs. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Okay, they put Willem Dafoe's face on Anthony Hopkins and Gillian Anderson's face on Jodie Foster. Oh my gosh. It looks great because they... Because I think the trick to the deep fake is you have to pick someone with the same shape head. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sometimes there'll be some deep fakes and it just feels wrong because they're taking a person with the wrong head shape and matching it to the face. Oh, yeah. But like Jim Carrey on top of um, Christopher Lloyd for the Back to the Future one, like that was a good fit. Yeah, well, there's the one my favorite was the Tom Holland with Robert Downey Jr. for Back to the Future. Oh, right. Yeah, that one was good, too. Yeah. And like part of me is wonders is like instead of just remaking movies, they'll just 
deep fake all the faces and just use the same actors and just redo all the voices and just go crazy with it because why not we'll just get some weird deep fake version of a movie and it's like well that's the remake it was cheaper than reshooting it obviously there's some people who have just sold their likenesses to companies for whatever right like so like Disney Mm -hmm. they got Star Wars they can make whatever they want using the face of Mark Hamill and and everybody else and stuff right so oh yeah yeah so there is this potential this weird fucking bonk potential to like make a bunch of Star Wars movies that are better than these new ones where they sort of deep fake in the original actors faces and just get performers who kind of have the same facial structure and can do like a like an impression of the voice oh I know well I mean that was what like that was like half of what Rogue One was they had the 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 weird fake Grand Moff Tarkin yeah they did the Tarkin but they still totally CGI'd his head right Mm, yeah it almost probably would have been less strange because the actor's still like I think he could have pulled off Cushing just if they gave him a bit of prosthetics and stuff Mm -hmm. because he did a pretty good job at impersonating Peter Cushing's character but yeah there's a I don't know, man, because at some point they'll be able to get it where if they can just fucking map the face onto it, then they can just make a whole bunch of other movies with the same actors. And there's going to be a point where people like right now it's still seen as sort of a taboo or like it's still sort of doesn't feel right. But for certain things, you know, like when I watch Solo, at no point did I ever see that guy as being Han Solo. Oh, no. Even if the movie's okay. Like, the movie was fine, but it was like, yeah. he wasn't Han Solo, and at no point during the whole movie did I ever think that he was, and that's a situation where it's like, it would have been really beneficial to fucking deepfake on Harrison Ford's face on that guy, but his head shape was different, too. Yeah, I mean, but um, you can get somebody, I mean, imagine, they can just make another, they can make an Indiana Jones, a new Indiana Jones, like, TV show. That's just nothing but Harrison Ford. Yeah. And it's just some guy with Harrison Ford's face. You Then you throw in the uh, the weird Adobe thing, and then you have Harrison Ford speaking all the lines, and there you go. Yeah. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> You're just like, hey, we'll just cast Harrison Ford forever. And then, you know, 30 years from now, his kids are just cashing in checks. I mean, as long as the people get compensated, or the families, or whoever is, like... Because it's a weird thing. I think it's... I think maybe my moral... The moral part of my brain says you shouldn't do it if it's, like, something new. Like, you know, they were they were going to do some film where they were going to CGI in, like, James Dean into a new movie or something. Oh, yeah. That, to me, is a little weird. But if it's, like, Star Wars or if it's something where there's just characters who are iconic and, like, recasting them just doesn't work, but there is more stories to tell. Yeah. You're not creating art. You're just creating entertainment. And so it's like, who cares if it's not fake? I, you know, there's a certain point where it's like, this is just for fun. Let's just have fun with it. Yeah. And most of it's fake anyway. I mean, that's my favorite oh, yeah. part about complaining about deep fakes. It's like, dude, how much do you think Robert Downey Jr. actually did in those last few Avengers movies. Half the time, it's his head floating on top of a CGI body. Yep. After, like, the second Iron Man film, I don't even think he wears an Iron Man suit anymore at all. Like, the suit is always 100% CGI. Oh, he just looks like a weird green pajamas. Yeah, and, like, most of the time, it's just a close-up of his face. Mm-hmm. In that thing, you know, where it's got, like, the HUD from inside the helmet? Oh, yeah. Well, that's a few days of filming in front of a black screen of just a close-up of his face reading dialogue. And then the rest of it like anytime he's iron man it's cgi so like who cares the big superhero movies are pretty much cartoons anyways you know oh yeah well and everything like you look at i mean even parasite you look at that movie and you don't think oh that's a crazy cgi movie but then you read about it and 
all the external shots, there was no second floor on that house. Right. Like they added a second floor on all the external shots. And you don't even think of that as like this crazy CGI movie, but almost every, I was reading an interview and like almost every shot had some sort of like computer augmentation in it just because it needed to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my favorite kind, though. I love when you just don't notice. Oh, yeah. But look, I want to listen to more music. Yeah, sorry. We just went on a huge film tangent there. That's okay. I'm I'm just not good at segues. We can talk about this for uh, as long as you want. But I want to move (laughs) forward to uh, Ghost of You from 2019. And this is a cool song. It's called Tonight. I think this is the the rite of passage of any uh, synthwave artist is to have a song called Tonight. I know, right? And uh, this is also a good one. Honestly, I could put together a playlist of songs called tonight that are all great i think i'm gonna do that one day the tonight list yeah <laughs> but it's a great song and this is featuring the the voice of uh, brad beal that's how you say his last name right you got it awesome so let's listen to this this is uh, the alphabet zero with tonight featuring brad beal
And that was tonight, featuring Brad Beal by the Alphabet Zero. And I'm here right now with the Alphabet Zero, Andy Walker. Hello. <laughs> All the setup. All the setup. Yeah. Explain the process with this one, because with this album, Ghost of You, now you've got a lot more of the collaborations. That's why I felt like I was I was curious as to whether or not it was a band at this point cuz you're all on the cover art and you know Kelly sings on a bunch of the songs and Brad singing on songs and Well, and the goal, I mean, eventually when we're all unquarantined, we we want to play shows. We've been trying to book shows, but Nash- Nashville's like not a very synth-wavy friendly town. Like there's tons of great like pop stuff, but there's not a lot of like electronic stuff. So, for this album, it kind of had an overarching theme of it kind of sprang from a conversation me and my sister had she had been dating this guy in the atlanta area for like three years and then they broke up and she realized she could not go anywhere in atlanta without being reminded of him and so that kind of like started the idea for the album like ghost of you like the entire city is like the ghost of this person and so that that's where the the first single from that album that came out was the city is a ghost and that that's kind of the idea then tonight was almost written as like the flip side of that song of like both songs were like the idea of like escaping this place where it's just things are not going well and you're just thinking you're tied down to this place but then escaping it and realizing everything's a lot better once you escape and so that's kind of where tonight came from um from that spot as well and tonight was written with it came from my old band we that was a song we'd been working on here and there then when i disbanded the old band i was like hey guys do you mind if i take this song and finish it because i think that the idea would work really well with the the whole concept of the album as a whole and so yeah the the album that kind of came together just the idea of like being haunted by the past in general and so it's this like we it was kind of the flip side of nostalgia um because the the other song that i was really that i loved on the album teenage feeling was almost like the happy side of nostalgia and then ghost of you like tonight cities of ghosts is also almost the the flip side of that nostalgia of like i have to get away from this wait so was this a track from your old band gunther wheeler or stop motion radio no not no none of these are from no it, it started as a stop motion radio track no none of this is gunther wheeler we just won't think of and speak of gunther wheeler <laughs> <again>. <laughs> um no it started as a stop motion radio song years ago and just kind of we never really finished it and then as i was working on the album i kind of brought up the old voice memo i was like this would actually work great as synthwave and so i kind of reworked it and so this album kind of pulling together a lot of these different elements to create this cohesive thing it was all built around the idea of the the first single uh, the city's a ghost and just kind of everything came together around that right i think with tonight i really dig just the opening line like i think it's sort of has a cool energy like as it sort of mm-hmm. flows into the song and brad's got a cool voice so it all works for me thank you yeah it was, it was a fun song to work on we kind of went crazy with the uh we we called it like the uh living on a prayer harmonies on the chorus we just went just stacked them and just stacked like 80s rock ballad choruses almost so then are brad and kelly are they in proximity of you or are they in different places in the country they all live around here so brad he lives probably 45 minutes from here in Smyrna, Tennessee, if anyone in, from the area knows where that is. And then Kelly lives in Nashville um, as well. Does she sing? Like, does she have her own sort of solo thing? Or She has her own solo stuff. She writes with a lot of pop people here in town as well. And then she just started a new project that I think is called King Protea. It's like a very like synthwave 
cyberpunk type thing. And so she was on that new Signal Void song, Find You. And so that's kind of her new project as well. That's her new synthwave stuff. So she's still doing like the feature stuff with me. And then she was on Star Runner's record as well, which that's an amazing record. And then now she's doing the, that stuff with Signal Void. And I think she's got some other collaborations with some of the fixed neon people. This was 2019, right? So are you working on sort of new stuff right now? Like what's what's going down? Yeah. So right now I've started working on it'll probably get accelerated and finished a lot quicker now that we're all stuck at home. I don't know if you've ever read the sci-fi book series, The Expanse. I'm aware of the Amazon Prime television series. The the series is great, but the book series is like next level. It's amazing. Hmm. And so I've just been like writing more synthwave soundtracky, like with a bit of cyberpunk feel to it of just like ideas based around different aspects of this book series. And so it's going to be kind of a themed album like kind of inspired by the book series because i'm a huge sci-fi junkie and so any chance i can inject science fiction into my music i'm happy yeah so i'm working on writing that right now and i'll probably actually we're we're looking at tracking some live drums with brad um at a studio here and then there'll be a couple songs with kelly and maybe brad singing on as well so it's still like in the early stages but i'm going like very much like themed sci-fi cyberpunk vibe just because it's kind of what i'm digging right now and so it it seems like fun (laughs) yeah yeah oh yeah and then also i'm writing some more like super moody kind of like soundtracky stuff too so that might become another ep of something i'm not sure yet it's there's just a lot of stuff i'm just writing that's i'm not really sure where it's gonna end up but the the focus right now is working on that like sci-fi themed album just because i'm kind of like holding out the book series ends the the last book comes out sometime this year so I'm hoping to like read the last book to see if there's any more ideas and then finish the album. Yeah, that, I definitely want to um, check out that show because the same thing with, you know, when I was getting into Game of Thrones and people would talk about how much better the books were. But I saw, I mean, up until, you know, season five or whatever, yeah. like the show was yeah. at one point, like one of the fucking best shows ever made. Uh, I mean, we all know what happened to Game of Thrones, but like, yes, we do <laughs> for a while there. It was like the best thing I'd ever seen. And so I didn't want to read the book mm-hmm. because the show was so good that even if the books were better, I didn't want to spoil what was one of the best shows I'd ever seen. Yes. Yeah. What's nice about The Expanse is that the books, they've taken some creative liberties with with some of the characters. They've combined some characters. And so the TV series almost lives on its own. And so you kind of go into the TV series knowing that like the main plot elements and the main absolute main primary characters are all the same. But like all the sub characters, a lot of them going to be different. There'll be some liberties. And when you go into it knowing that, you just think like, okay, the books and the TV show are telling the same story just different ways and so i, I kind of don't view it as like this is better than this they're just different yeah which i i like that a lot of things try to like be as faithful as possible and then it's bad i love reading but you know books and movies are just or tv shows are just different mediums and so you have to make changes because if you try to do it exactly the same you end up with the Watchmen movie which is garbage it depends what aspects i suppose you're trying to sort of replicate i think like with Watchmen, it was neat to see something that was so reverential of the like the visuals Mm -hmm. because you know like a lot of comic book movies it's like there never seems to be a happy medium you can get a movie like that where it's like wow they're just taking full-on panels from the comic and the costumes all kind of look like the Mm -hmm. the comic book and stuff and that's really cool because you know a lot of time you watch superhero movies and Although lately they've been getting better at sort of, you know, looking like the the comic books. But then there's a lot of characters that they don't. And I'm always like, 
God, I always want them to just look like the cartoon or the comic or the video game, whatever the adaptation is. Oh, yeah. You always get that, or you get people, like, when they do the fucking Transformers movies, and, like, they make all the vehicles different, but then they're like, oh, we're staying true to the characters. I'm like, the character is the car. It's a really simple show. Yeah. <laughs> you can't change it. Yeah, it's like, if you change it, it's different. Yeah, that's the problem I always had, yeah, with those, when they're just like, oh, but, you know, the, the characters are staying true to the things. I'm like, dude... Fucking Optimus Prime is a flat-nosed Mack truck. Like, that's what he... That is his character. It's like, <laughs> flat-nosed Mack truck, who is the leader. Yeah. Fucking Bumblebee is a Volkswagen Beetle. That's why his name is Bumblebee. It's a fucking bug pun. Like, it's... He's not a fucking Camaro. Doesn't make sense. Yeah. Anyway. I gave up on Transformers after the first movie, because it was just... Yeah. I mean, the, the Bumblebee one was okay. It was okay. Yeah. Because it was simple. It was like, it was just Bumblebee in there. I think there was like two bad Transformers chasing him. You could tell who they were because they were different colors. Like it, <laughs> anyway. Oh yeah. It wasn't like, I have no idea what's going on because it's just, just this conglomeration of metal attacking metal. Yes. Yeah. No, like that was fucking foolish. Those stupid things. But look, I'll tell you what isn't foolish is cool music. And uh, speaking of Kelly, let's listen to another one that she sang on. Uh, This is We Will Find a Way by the Alphabet Zero.
And that was the Alphabet Zero with We Will Find a Way featuring Kelly Besh. And I'm here right now with the Alphabet Zero, Mr. Walker. And uh, I think that was a track you mentioned. That was the one you sang on, right? That then you redid? Yeah, with my old band, my daughter wanted to listen to mu- my music. And then I listen- I was listening to the album and I was like, oh, this actually was a pretty good song. We should redo it. And Kelly dug it. So we just we just went with it. Yeah. Well, that's cool. It's nice to have sort of uh, old songs in the arsenal to just sort of whip out. It's fun. Yeah, it's almost like covering your old... Like, I know that I remember Tyler from The Midnight. I know uh, one of his... I can't remember which song, but one of the early Midnight songs is a redone version of one of his, like, Americana solo project songs. And so I can't remember the name of the song to find it. But it's cool listening to both versions because you have, like, the singer-songwriter version and then, the like, the Midnight version, which is really cool hearing them back-to-back. I mean, it is always fun, the sort of the producery aspect of the synthwave scene, you know, where they take vocals. And, like, I know there's some artists who just do the... Um, you know how there's, like, singers who sell just vocal tracks that you can just take and make your own song with them. Yeah. And there's a few artists who do that. And I've, and I've noticed actually, even within the synthwave scene, there's been a few artists who have used the same one. And it's interesting to see like the different songs that they come up with using essentially the same vocal bass. Really? I didn't know that. I, I haven't heard, I haven't heard any of those. I'll have to, you'll have to, message me after and let me know what they are because I'm really curious now. Well, there's uh, okay, I'll tell you. No, there's um, Morgan Willis has a track called Coma. Yeah. But it's called, it's like C.O.M.A. It's really great. Like, it's a really good song. And then uh, there's another artist who I just had on the show the other day. What the, who was it? Hold on. Oh, I think it was uh, 2D Cat, maybe. Yeah, because I noticed it. And uh, because when I was listening to the tracks, I'm like, hey, I know this. And the other reason why I bothered to research it was because I always... I always like to credit all the people. So, like, when I post an episode, if there's a singer or uh, featuring somebody, I like to make sure I find out their social mm-hmm. media stuff as well so I can have the link for their uh, music stuff, too. But then when people do, like, you know, where they pay for, like, music samples from people, they don't always say who it's featuring because, like, they bought the vocals. Yeah. And I remember really liking one of the songs and going, like, who the hell's singing this? Like, I want to know this person's name. And so I did. How did I even find out? That's a good question. Yeah. I did my research, though, and I found I found the website of the guy who was selling his vocals. Oh, that's cool. Now I don't even know how the hell I found it. Yeah, it's weird now with, like, Splice and, um, like, Output Arcade. People will be using these major, like, portions of their songs from, like, these samples. I love using Splice for, like, different elements for samples for, like, top loops and stuff. But there's a certain point where it's, like, if you're using, like, the your main, like, synth line is from Splice someone else is going to use it and your songs will sound the same and so it's like i don't you don't want to take that risk of like someone being like i've heard that before oh yeah that's literally this yeah i think with vocals there is a sort of remix aspect to it oh for sure which is slightly different but i get what you're saying when it comes to like synth lines and stuff i don't really know what splice is should i know what that is it's like a subscription website where you buy credits and then it has tons of like loops samples drum one shots like it's kind of like a producer's playground it makes for writing stuff or if you just need like drum samples i've seen this advertised to me on youtube whenever i watch like Probably, music yeah. videos and stuff then there'll be like some dj guy like talking about splice and then there'll be exactly Hans yeah, zimmer it's... talking about his master class <laughs> Do you get that ad? The Hans Zimmer Masterclass one? I actually, my brother got me the, the Hans Zimmer Masterclass for Christmas a few years ago, and it's great. Does he do the thing? Like, I, I saw the ad. I don't, does he do the thing like in the actual one where he's like, this is an answer? No, no, this is a question, and this is a the answer. A bit of a dodgy, a bit <laughs> of, of a dodgy, dodgy question. question. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he totally does that. I've seen that fucking ad like a thousand Every, times. Oh, 
<laughs> it's so so many times. Him and who's the the guy with the mouse head? Fucking dead mouse. Dead mouse. Yeah, that I haven't I haven't gotten his master class just because I don't really care but i've seen this ad a lot there's so many of them now of course they took the kevin spacey one down for a good reason <laughs> plus because his master class was all about like touching dudes asses and shit so it wasn't a very <laughs> appropriate master class <laughs> yeah <laughs> like i already know how to do that kevin spacey <laughs> yeah the the fucking han zimmer and then dead mouse because a lot of them have the same kind of things to say there's like a timbaland one too where they say the same it's just oh, like where he's like he does yeah he does like a a beatboxing kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, and then there's always some line about, like, you can do this at home if just some kid with a fucking laptop can be a master producer. And, like... Yeah. It's funny, because, like, I lo- absolutely love Billie Eilish. And, like, her... They do everything, like, in their bedroom. And everyone's like, oh, look how they did all the stuff in the bedroom. It's like, yeah, but then they, they hired some legit mix engineer who's mixing it in some amazing studio. Like, he didn't mix it in this bedroom. Like, you produced it there. Yeah, it's great. But, like... You can't just make something like, yeah, you can't make something in a bedroom, but like major label stuff is still mixed in a nice place. All them knobs and levers, man. The key. I know. The room full of levers. That's right. <laughs> I want one of those. I don't even know what the hell I would do with it. No, one, it's so funny. They're like, no one, everyone that like gets it, gets into recording. They're like, do I need to get this mixing board? I'm like, no, you don't. You need a laptop and this microphone and you'll be fine for the first like five year, years you're doing it until you need to upgrade and even then it's like you don't need a giant mixing board it's all in the box like i appreciate the idea of like faders and stuff i think part of me is just from like liking old science fiction you know like when everything was just levers and knobs and switches and stuff and so when i see a mixing board i just want to play around with it like just run around and just flip them up and down and if they all made cool sounds when i did that i'd be uh that'd be in heaven man that's what modular i'm reading this book called patch and tweak and it's all about modular synthesis and i'm i can't afford to get any of it because it's just it costs so much money but it's like you look at it and you just have this all the lights and all the little wires coming off of it and you're like i just want to sit in front of this for like 10 hours and just play with it yeah but (laughs) that's that's the goal eventually just to have a studio that looks like um from a like a 70s sci-fi star trek show or something yeah man no that's the fucking dream one of these days, one of my goals is, because I'm a big Doctor Who fan, and so I want to, um, in my basement, inside uh, the Doctor's time machine, he flies around, and there's sort of an octagonal control unit that sits in the center of the room, and it's all just buttons and levers and switches and things that light up and stuff like that. And so I want to build that in the basement, but have it somehow wired to the fuse box. <laughs> so if you need to replace fuses or you need to like shut things down to the house, like it, it is actually the control panel for the house. Oh, yeah. So, like, you can still play around with it, but then there'll be, like, some panels that you open up, and it's, like, the actual fuses in there. Like, that'd be fucking wicked. Oh, yeah. It's, like, if if you're going to have, like, a smart home, might as well make it a fun smart home instead of just, like, I'm going to control them off my phone. It's, like, no, make something cool. Yeah, man, for sure. Or just don't have a smart home, because that's terrifying. (laughs) Like... That is true. We got a bunch of, like, smart light, light switches for Christmas, and so I, like, hooked them all up. And then I went out of town and my wife had no idea how to use them. And so it's like nine, it's like nine o'clock kids are in bed and I'm in Texas and I just start messing with them and just start turning them on and off. And she texts me. She's like, what is going on? I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, oh, the lights keep changing. I'm like, okay. She's like, are you doing that? I'm like, no, not at all. And she believed me. And so she goes and she unplugs all the smart things. She's like, I, I kept looking out the window thinking there was someone in the van outside, like messing with our house. I'm like, oh no, it was all me. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have any smart switches anymore. 
Yeah, no, that makes sense. I see how it's fun and I see how it's useful. I've got some friends who have the doorbell one where they can look through the thing. And I just feel like I would just be doing that all day. Like if I had a doorbell camera that I could look at on my phone, it would be a waste of my time because I would just look at it all the time and then go like, well, I've lived 38 years without having to do that now. So I'm sure I can go without it for the rest of my life, but whatever. Yeah. But I'll tell you what I need or I'm trying trying to do a segue to music we could probably wind this down but i want to listen to another track so we're going to listen to this one this one's called the city is a ghost which uh, we talked about earlier was sort of the uh the catalyst for this uh, this album and it's a cool song and it's by the alphabet zero and it's featuring the lovely vocals of kelly besh here we go
And that was the Alphabet Zero with the track The City is a Ghost featuring Kelly Besh. And I'm here right now with the Alphabet Zero, Andy Walker. And, uh, yeah, had a good time today. Oh, yeah. I just like telling people that even if they didn't. So then maybe they'll remember that it was a good time. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. And this is the track that was the uh, the story of Andy's sister's ex-boyfriend. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. Me and my sister started writing. We actually started writing that song together. Um, and then I got together with Kelly and me and Kelly finished it. So it was, it was fun to collaborate with my sister on that because she's a songwriter as well. And so it was fun to, to write one of those songs with her. What kind of music does she do? She hasn't done much lately. It was like indie indie pop kind of stuff when she was in high school. And then she hasn't done much since going since she went to college. And now she's working all the time. So she doesn't really do it anymore. But we still, she'll still like randomly send me song ideas for different things. And so this is one when I sent her the idea, we collaborated back and forth on it. Cause she lives in Seattle now. And so we collaborated back and forth and then brought Kelly in to finish it. So it's fun to still write with her because we wrote a bunch when she was in high school and then we kind of moved away. And so it's been fun to just remotely write with her still uh, here and there. Yeah. Well, if you want to let her know, I've seen some really cool videos with Timbaland and Deadmau5 that said that you can pretty much just do anything you want with a laptop. <laughs> That's right. That's all she needs. Well, look, listen. All right. It's, it was nice to chat with you. Do you have anything... Uh you want to say that we didn't uh, talk about or anything? We just released, which hopefully it's the first of many, but we just released a uh, 80s love song cover. We originally released the lyric video on Valentine's Day, and it just came out on Spotify. It's uh, Nothing's Gonna uh, Stop Us Now, the Starship song. We did a cover of that, which features both Brad and Kelly. And so if you're stuck at home in quarantine, it's a good solid pick me up 80s love song so the website of course is uh the alphabet zero dot net actually i don't have a website <laughs> <laughs> if you go to the alphabet zero dot com it goes to my soundcloud so there you go. alphabet zero dot com goes to my soundcloud where does alphabet zero dot net go i don't even know it's porn probably i hope not but probably well <laughs> it's the internet so there's a 90 percent chance that's where it that's goes true. yeah exactly that's probably you know <laughs> Anyways, man, uh, it was uh, it was good talking to you. Uh, keep on making cool tunes. Keep me abreast of all future releases, and then I'll play them on the show, man. You make uh, cool tunes. Well, cool. Well, thank you so much for having me on. And you have a lovely Nashville day. You as well. All right, and that was my conversation with the Alphabet Zero. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, that was a lot of fun to chat with him and the fun little cameo from... Uh, JP. It's always nice to chat with him. And of course, our uh, fun little conversation at the start with Martin Larby. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just sort of reminiscing about the the show we just did. So I guess that's it for this week. So I hope you guys uh, enjoyed the show. Uh, you know, we all had a, had a good time. Uh, hey, JP, are you still there? Always. Did you enjoy the rest of the episode? Amazing. Can't wait to uh, listen to it again. <laughs> Yeah, man, that's the bottom line. Not only do I subject you to listening to it live every week, but then uh, you have to listen to it again and give me a full review. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll do that for sure. I'll do a transcript in French. I, I know where I'm signing off the show here, but I mean, like, have you been working or have you just been inside? I guess there's no film sets operating right now, are there? Is this still in the show or is it just... Uh... This is the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just winding down. I'm making conversation as I say goodbye. Okay, sorry, sorry. No, being at home, mostly at home, playing a little bit of video games. And, and I mean, I've been to the studio where we're doing a new album 
just before that things come up. So we were going back slowly and starting to make music again and, and stuff like that. And we actually shot a small uh, live performance in the studio that's gonna come up on YouTube in a couple of weeks, I think. It's for like a YouTube show for Mondo. They're starting to do that once a month. So they asked us just to do like a, a studio performance. So it's just us in studio playing like one track. So we did one track of Turbo Kid. And uh, I asked like my buddy who's like, it's called a gaffer in, in the movie business, but it's the guy who's doing, uh, who works in lighting. And I asked like a friend who's also an operator, a camera operator, and another friend who's an assistant camera. So we just bring a couple of lights and, and make something more interesting than just like me and Jean-Nic on sense, not moving that much, you know. I feel like that's not that interesting. So yeah, I think it's going to be cool. I like it. I still have video I shot of you guys <laughs> that one day when you guys were in town during that storm. I feel like I could still cut that into something. Maybe I will one of these days. I think we should. I feel I also like I, I watch like part of it, like the track with dance with computer magic. I feel like that was a cool one that you shot. I, I rewatched it not too long ago because I, I want to try to make kind of a maybe a music video with all the stuff that we have until like the beginning, like when we started in 2007. So I just want to maybe do like a big mashup of like tour stuff and just like hanging around and, and all the way to now, you know, and I feel like we need some of your stuff as well from Toronto because we love playing Toronto. It was just so it's embarrassing because since you're a, like a professional cinematographer, so it's frustrating because when I filmed that night, I made like amateur mistake that I recognize. Like when I'm looking at the footage, I'm like, fuck, there was fluorescent lights and there's that light banding that's like running through the picture. Yeah, but most of the people don't see that. I do, though, and it pissed me off because LEDs don't do that. Yeah, yeah, but it's fine. I feel like it's, when you do like live performance, you, you cannot control all the elements. So you need to just like embrace what's going on. And I think you did a great job. I, I like what I've seen. I can't wait to see like more of it. I'm, I really want to use them for sure. What is the secret? Is there a secret if you're shooting with fluorescent light? You need to synchronize your shutter with the frequency of the light. Was it because of her, her neon sign or logo? Normally, if you shoot in 30 FPS, you're going to be fine. But most of the time you want to shoot in 24 because that's the cinema FPS. And this is where it can get like a little bit tricky. If you get that bending, you just need to change your, your shutter angle or in digital, you change your shutter uh, speed. So you just play a little bit with it. So you can be in 24 FPS, but you use a shutter of like one over 60 of a second, and then you're going to correct those. And if that doesn't work, you just you just try a bunch of dents until you, you, you find one. So that's the trick. I think actually when I look back at my footage, it was worse for Computer Magic's performance. She brought some of her own lights. There was like some pink ones and some other ones. And I think they were the ones that were causing the banding. Oh, yeah. I think your set was actually relatively okay. There's so many flavors of LED, like the new one are quite clean and they're quite like flicker free with the sink and all, and all. But if you get like cheap LEDs from a couple of years ago, it's this is almost like always like a problem. Like if you look at the Christmas lights, if you get like those old school Christmas lights, they look really good. You can shoot them and, and you won't ever get like a problem. But if you look at the new Christmas light that are LED, you can almost see the flicker just looking at them, not even through a camera. So I feel like it's it's really the quality of the light that gets you stuck. And you can try to fix it, but sometimes it's impossible. Well, it's something to... <laughs> it's, 
<laughs> I love this. What a weird way to end the show. Yeah. I <laughs> How to correct for a fluorescent light flicker when when filming a musical performance. <laughs> but listen, uh, it's always nice to hear from you. Maybe we'll have you back in a few weeks and we'll do a full uh, nerdy movie uh, episode. Yeah, that would be cool. I would love that. But in the meantime, uh, have a lovely... I was going to say have a lovely day or a lovely week. Does it matter when we're all at home? No. <laughs> Just enjoy your time. Just enjoy your time off or try to make some something out of it. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Well, that's perfect, man. I'm glad you guys are making some new tunes. So more more Lumatos for people to look forward to. And uh, yeah. So uh, listen, take care of yourself. Eat your vitamins. And uh, to everybody else out there, uh, thanks for listening to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. All right. <laughs> If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting it by going to patreon.com slash beyondsynth, or you can donate directly on beyondsynth.com. Beyond Synth can be found on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes. And remember to like and subscribe to Beyond Synth on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. Until next time... Next time.